This recording is brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. Norse Mythology, written by Emma Groeneveld and read by Richard de Man. Norse mythology refers to the Scandinavian mythological framework that was upheld during and around the time of the Viking Age, circa 790 to 1100 CE, complete with the creation myth that has the first god slaying a giant and turning his body parts into the world, various realms spread out beneath the world tree Yggdrasil, and the eventual destruction of the world in the Ragnarok. The Nordic mythological world is both complex and comprehensive. Its polytheistic pantheon, headed by the one-eyed Odin, contains a great number of different gods and goddesses who were venerated in customs integrated into the ancient Scandinavians' daily lives. Peeling back the layers of history in order to form a properly detailed and accurate picture of the myths, beliefs and customs as they actually were in the Viking Age is no mean feat especially for an overwhelmingly oral society, as Scandinavia mostly was at the time. As such, we only have the tips of the narrative icebergs when it comes to the Norse gods. On the one hand, we do have some genuine pre-Christian sources that preserve elements of Scandinavian mythology. Most importantly, Eddic poetry, which is poetry from the poetic Edda compiled in circa 1270 CE but probably dating back to the pre-Christian era before the 10th century, and skaldic poetry, which is Viking Age pre-Christian poetry mainly heard at courts by kings and their retinues, preserved in later Icelandic manuscripts. The Codex Regius, found in the Poetic Edda, contains an anonymous collection of older Eddic poems, including 10 about gods and 19 about heroes, and although some of these tell complete myths, most of them assume unfortunately for us, that their audience was familiar with the mythical context. The same goes for skaldic poetry, with knowledge of the myths taken for granted, for us, using these sources to create a full picture of Norse mythology is a bit like filling in a rather difficult Sudoku puzzle. On the other hand, later medieval sources such as Snorri Sturluson's Prose Edda, circa 1220 CE, and Saxo Grammaticus's Gesta Danorum, composed a few decades earlier, reworked the changeable, enigmatic, but slightly tangled early Viking sources into much more structured accounts. Snorri's work is the main reason we have an inkling of Norse mythology and myths as a whole, but should also be read critically, as he wrote from a Christian context. However, the older Eddic and Skaldic poems clearly do more justice to the dynamic and integrated role mythology actually played in Viking Age societies. The integrated nature of the Norse mythological framework in daily life is betrayed by the word sivir, meaning custom, the closest concept the Old Norse language had to religion. Of course, what it was exactly the Vikings believed with regard to all these different Norse gods and the world they lived in is hard to pin down. However, archaeological evidence helps hint at personal devotion to specific gods people felt connected to with accompanying customs and rituals being a standard part of everyday life. In a broader sense, gods were also venerated and called upon by the whole community. Sites of potential cultic activity, for instance, may be identified by the appearance of the name of a god in a place name, like in the case of Froslunda, the grove dedicated to the god Freyr, 
Certain hotspots are hinted at by the sources too. According to Adam of Bremen, who wrote his account based on hearsay circa 1070 CE, there was a great temple at Uppsala in Sweden which housed images of Thor, Odin, and Freyr, who were sacrificed to in times of famine and disease, war, or when weddings popped up, respectively. He relays how every nine years people got together there to let their long Viking tresses down during a great festival in which humans, horses, and dogs were sacrificed, their bodies hanging from the trees in the sacred grove. Although the archaeological record does not support the existence of an actual temple, the remains of other buildings, among which a large hall dating to between the 3rd and 10th centuries, have been found. There were thus various aspects to Norse mythology's place in Viking societies. As Anna-Sophie Graslund words it, Old Norse religion should not be regarded as a static phenomenon, but as a dynamic religion that changed gradually over time and doubtless had many local variations. Ancient Scandinavia was a world in which belief in divine powers abounded, and all of these had their own attributes and functions. The Norse worldview only gradually changed with the emerging influence of Christianity, which becomes apparent by the second half of the 11th century CE. Even then, because Vikings were polytheistic, they simply added Christ to their already lengthy list of gods, and different customs and beliefs were used side by side for a good while. The Norse worldview, as we can best distill it from the various sources, boils down to the following general idea. There were four phases. The process in which the world, and everything in it, was created. A dynamic phase in which time is started. The destruction of the world in the Ragnarok, and the arising of a new world from the sea. According to Snorri, before anything else existed, there were the opposing realms of Icy Niflheim and Fiery Muspelheim, which in other sources is simply called Muspel. Although seemingly safely separated by the empty void Ginnungagap, the cold and heat expanded to meet after all, resulting in Muspelheim's fire melting the ice, from which two assumingly dripping wet figures emerged, the proto-giant Ymir and the cow Aldhumla. By licking the ice, Aldhumla uncovered Buri, forefather of the gods whose son Bor teamed up with the giant daughter Bestla to sire the first gods, Odin, Vili, and Ve. These three then took advantage of Ymir's convenient size by killing him and using his remains to create the world. The earth from his flesh the sky from his skull, mountains from his bones, and the sea from his blood. The first human couple, Ask and Embla, were fashioned out of two trees or pieces of wood. With humans popping up, a new phase begins. Time has started, and all the gods and other creatures in their respective realms are off doing their own thing, up until the Ragnarok. The world tree Yggdrasil, axis of time and space, stands in the gods' home realm of Asgard, while its roots encompass all the other realms, including Midgard, where the humans reside, and the giant's abode of Jotunheim. A dragon of death called Nidhogg chomps on said roots, all while the three fates, known as the Norns, spin the fates of human lives at the tree's base. As the prose Edda tells it, Ash Yggdrasil suffers anguish, more than men know of. The stag bites above, on the side it rotteth, and Nidhogr gnaws from below. 
and as if a giant tree were not enough, the surrounding sea is inhabited by the Midgard Serpent, also known as Jormungandr, a monster who twists and coils itself around the world. Eventually, these fairly peachy-worldly conditions snowball into chaos and culminate in the Ragnarok, the final destiny of the gods, for which our main source is the 10th century CE Vodispa saga. It starts with a terrible winter. The earth sinks into the sea, the wolf Fenrir, often referred to as the Fenris wolf, breaks loose and devours the sun, and, as the icing on an already crumbling cake, mighty Yggdrasil shakes and the bridge Bifrost, the expressway between Osgard and Midgard, collapses. Understandably rattled, the gods hold an emergency council to prepare for battle against the powers of the underworld, who are closing in. The prose Edda heralds that, Brothers shall strive and slaughter one another. Own sister's children shall sin together. Ill days among men, many a whoredom. An axe age, a sword age, shields shall be cloven. A wind age, a wolf age, ere the world totters. Odin fights Fenrir, but falls after which the god Vidar avenges him, while Thor destroys the Midgard serpent, but succumbs to its poison. The gods and their foes die left, right, and center, until the giant Surtur goes pyromaniac and kindles the world fire that destroys everything. Luckily, Phoenix style, the destruction is not the end. Following a cyclical concept of the world, a new world rises. Not from the ashes, but from the sea. Only a handful of gods are still standing, but the new world will have a new generation of gods as well as humankind to live happily ever after. The gods themselves are boxed into two families. Firstly, there is the bigger Aesir family, mostly connected with war and government, which was in practice also used as an umbrella term for the main gods in general. It includes such notables as Odin, Thor, Loki, Baldr, Hodr, Heimdall, and Tyr. Secondly, the smaller Vanir family contains fertility gods such as Njord, Freyr, and Freya. Despite them all living in Asgard, they do not always see eye to eye, which admittedly is difficult considering Odin only has one eye to begin with. In fact, they clash to the point of war, the Vanir Wars or Aesir-Vanir Wars, but exchanged hostages after making peace and fused their families through marriage. In contrast between the Aesir and the Vanir, which has been argued to stem from oppositions in Viking society, as the Vanir, with their focus on fertility, good harvest, and the climate, were popular in farming community, while the Aesir were seen to advise kings, lords, and their warriors in matters of both war and governance. As such, the peace made at the end of the Vanir wars might reflect the idea that society could only function through the combined power of both social classes. Finally, besides these two divine classes, there were also the female deities known as the Dísir, popular in private worship, Olvar, elves, Jotnar, giants, and Dvergar, dwarves.
enough to keep everyone busy for sure. Norse mythology offers a very rich world to get lost in. This recording was brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. For more great articles and interactive content, visit www.ancient.eu. Ancient History Encyclopedia is a non-profit organization. If you want to support our work, visit www.ancient.eu forward slash support or follow the links in the description below.